Welcome to the Wisconsin Wrestler Podcast with your co-hosts Teague Fenwick and Steve Lurkwood. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Wisconsin Wrestler Podcast, powered by WI Wrestle. I'm your host, Teague Fenwick, coming to you from Holman. Joining me, as always, from Fort Atkinson, is my co-host, Steve Lurkwin. Steve, great to be here. Pumped to be here, Teague, as always. It's getting real, isn't it? I mean, uh, we're going to school, it's dark. Come out of school, it's dark. That only can mean one thing, that it's wrestling season time. Happy wrestling season, man. Five days away now. That's crazy. Steve, we have our last two sectional previews this week, talking about sectional D, which always a fun time trying to figure out which team comes out of this one to do a little deeper dive into that in just a moment here. But Steve, I'm really excited for our guest tonight. We've been, uh, it's been again, one of those moments where it seems like it's been a long time coming. A lot of messaging back and forth, talking some wrestling, and now we, we get him on the show. We get to pick his brain a little bit. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest for the D2 with sectional D preview. He was a two-time state place winner for Campbellsport. He then wrestled at Platteville. And he came back to give back to his community as a coach. It's his fifth year coaching total at Campbellsport, third year as the head coach, where he isn't personally 219-0, but he has helped that team maintain their undefeated <laughs> conference record in the flyway. I'm talking about none other than Campbellsport head coach Alex Costello. Alex, pumped to have you on, man. Hey, thanks for inviting me, guys. I appreciate it. And fellas, just a couple of things before we uh, get to the preview here, but WI Wrestle, the class rankings just came out, which were a pretty fun to check out. I really liked looking at the freshman ones. Steve, looking at the freshman ones, maybe realize that the coaches we've had on have done a really good job with their due diligence because a lot of the names were mentioned on our podcast. And of course, you and I aren't great with the freshman knowledge. So it's fun we're to not. see. That's why we, uh, Teague, we're pretty good at you know, we just kind of get really good people on our podcast and then we let them talk and then we look really good. Right. I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of the way they work. Sorry. You caught me off guard there, Teague. I was, uh, I was trying to do the math. You said Camel Sport hasn't lost a conference duel in 2000. I'm sorry. In, uh, in 219 duels. Is that right, Alex? Right. Um, we were undefeated in the flyaway, um, up until about 2000 and then they kicked us over to the EWC and then the ECC, and now we came back to the flyway in 19. Um, so that streak's continued. Um, I, I so yeah. asked that because I, I just quick did some math. I teach math, so I like to think I'm good at it, right? And uh, I'm trying to figure out, I mean, you got to be borderline. Were you alive the last time Campbell Sport lost a duel? I, I, have it, I have it pegged down at eight duels a year, so I divided that number, and I got 27.3. So... I figured it was 27 years ago, the last time they lost a conference duel. Right. I mean, I'm 27. So um, I wasn't, yeah, I guess I wasn't alive when they uh, lost a, a flyaway duel. So um, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, neither was I. So let's uh, go on, <laughs> T. Here we go. <laughs> that you laugh so hard at that really hurts my feelings. Oh, you guys. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> 
Well, I was no, the wheels were turned. I was thinking, well, no one was, I guess. But yeah, no, that was that was a good one, Steve. Oh, <laughs> also some other fun news too. See, we talked about the girls podcast on on a, oh la, that was last week. That was last week, yep. not earlier this week. Got my schedule screwed up here. But then uh, Shane Canelli covering some WEAC this year, which is going to be awesome. And then uh, Nate's doing a podcast uh, with Seth Vosters from Freedom. Sorry for using the F word, Steve. They're doing the Badgers then covering it, the Wisconsin Badgers. And uh, Steve, it used to be, it's really awesome. We're getting all this great wrestling coverage. The only downside is we could make the joke that was always funny. It was funny to me, but we were the best podcast that covered Wisconsin high school wrestling in the state. And yes. even when WI Wrestle and Vision Quest were a thing, we still joked about it in good fun. But now it would just seem arrogant if we joked about it. So, <laughs> you know, I got to throw that joke out of the tool belt there. Yep. But, guys, I am just really excited for the coverage that we're getting in Wisconsin wrestling right now. Well, it's funny, T, you say that because two years ago, my wife kind of, I don't talk about it much, but my wife always says, oh, yeah, my husband does a podcast. She's all proud of me, right? And I say, uh, they ask people ask about it. I said, yeah, I go, yeah, uh, two years ago, I'd say this. Yeah, we're the number one uh, rated podcast uh, on high school wrestling in the state of Wisconsin. Everybody's like, wow, they're really impressive. I said, well, you know, we're the only one. But, you know, to which uh, a guy who I teach math with, he looks at me and he says, well, if you ain't first, you're last, right? I said, yeah, that's true. We'll go with that. And, hey, now we're definitely top four. So we have <laughs> we can hang our hats on that. <laughs> right. And then the last thing, Steve, we got to give credit to a longtime listener. I know we didn't want credit for it, but sorry, Dylan. Dylan Lamb, who made the Team State Champions graphic. And there's a couple of corrections, a couple updates that got to be made on it. First of all, there's three things that people found out of all of that stuff that had to be done, which I think is very impressive. So we'll post an updated version of that soon. Coach, I don't know if you got a chance to look at that graphic, but... Man, it was it was awesome to see that, and just all the fun facts and stuff people pulled from it was really cool. I know I've been looking at it almost nonstop the last few days. Right, it, that had to have been time consuming. Um, I I looked for Camelsford State title back in 1980 right away, so they had that correct. So, hey, good <clears throat> stuff, fellas. Well, what do you say uh, we talk at some D2 sectional D here, our last division two sectional and geographical changes, guys, with the regional one, it's it's all over the place. Just, uh, there's a lot of teams that were traditional, traditionally in this regional that moved up north. There's a teams or last year, Alex, we were talking about it. They're back in a sectional D after being in a wonky looking, sorry, WIAA sectional C last year. Uh, the fun news, and we'll talk about them in just a moment. Kettle Moraine Lutheran, a new program. We love seeing new programs. They are new in the mix this year. Otherwise, folks, it's going to be a lot of familiar faces. I think that's probably the best way to sum this one up, whether it be teams that bounce in and out, teams that are in sectional D for the most part. But guys, I have to nerd out on you right away because I was looking at old sectional stuff and I was thinking of all the turnover in this sectional. A really fun fact for this year, and I got to pull up my little list here. I could say that there's a chance that 
for the eighth time in eight years, there's going to be a different team that wins this team sectional and goes to state. But that would be infactual. There's actually, is that a word? But that would be, it would be wrong because there's a 100% chance that we're going to see a new team at team state this year from the sectional for the eighth year in a row. And get this, you guys, 2023 Evansville, Evansville, one team sectionals. They're in sectional C this year. Winnicani in 2022. They're in sectional B. Keel made it in 2021 during the COVID year. They're up in sectional B. Port Washington won it in 2020. They're in D1 sectional D, I believe. Wisconsin Lutheran won it in 2019. They're in a different D1 sectional. Chilton Hilbert in 2018 won it. They're up in sectional B. Lomira won it in 2017. They're in Division Three now. You have to go all the way back to 2016 to find a team that has won the sectional twice when Wisconsin Lutheran won it. And huh. guys, we talk about all the streaks. We talk about the Ellsworth team state streak. You talk about uh, Kakana's on a pretty good streak right now, making it a team state. The fact that this sectional hasn't had a repeat champion since 2016 is wild. That's all crazy. the other sectionals in the state, the last time they've had a repeat champion you just have to go back to 2020 for D2 and D3. Even in D1, in sectional D, you go back to 2018, which is just wild. It speaks on the parody in this sectional. And the fact that it's guaranteed that all the other former champions are strewn about the land like the gems of Del Toro is just absolutely wild. Coach, you got to wrestle in this sectional. Just speak on the parody and how it seems there's new teams that seem to be in the mix every year. Yeah. I mean, it every year, you know, you're checking the sectional pairings in June and you never know what to expect. Um, you kind of have an idea who you're going to face. And then last year you had that curveball, and I'm like, I guess we're headed West. Um, <laughs> and then we got to see some teams we never see, um, which was, which was good. Um, but, uh, yeah, it keeps you on your toes. Um, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's what I got for no- nerding out. I'm just going to let Alex Team, take the floor for <laughs> Team, that was not nerding out at all until you said the, the phrase gems of Del Toro. I don't even know what that is, but, uh, I had a good time listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> gems of Del Toro. So the Del Toro series was this chapter book like a children's chapter book that I read when I was in middle school and I won't go into the details of it but it basically starts out by these gems get spread out across the land or nation whatever they call it and that's that was the best comparison that I thought of in my head so if anyone gets that reference I love that but (laughs) yes all right Anyway, get the coach now, huh? Yeah, what do you say we talk some wrestling here? We alphabetically Campbellsport does come first, but we're going to talk about them at the end of this regional. So we are going to start off with a Grafton. My freshman college roommate was from Grafton. He not he Grafton placed ninth in the Jefferson Regional with ninety one points. They return nine of their starters and forty six points. They uh, do lose Nathan Krause, who was a state qualifier at 220, but they're returning sectional place winner Jacob Quint. 
Yeah, um, no draft, and you know, I was taking a look at kind of who they wrestled throughout the year. They they're uh, in that North Shore Conference, arguably one of the toughest conferences in the state. Um, but yeah, um, taking a look at Nathan Krause, Joe Vols, one of my guys uh, went to battle with him a couple of times and was in Joe's bracket last year at the state tournament. But uh, you know, I'm sure Grafton uh, will will have some guys uh, coming out of that program here in the next. A year or so. The next team up here is a Kettle Moraine Lutheran, who is a new team in the playoff field this year. They had a big JV team last year, so they uh, built their program, did a great job with it. They got the numbers out, wrestled a JV schedule last year, and you know maybe not going to be a team that pops onto the team chase scene right away. But, fellas, I just consider this a win for our sport and to hear that they're going to come in with solid numbers right away and try to make an impact, that's awesome. Right, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Daryl Racker is taking over that uh, head coaching job over at KML. And, uh, yeah, he taught at Wisconsin Lutheran. Um, his boys were pretty tough. Russell, when I was down in uh, – when I was in high school. Um, and then, actually, Daryl – coached at WLA for a couple of years and actually coached against him uh, 2021. Um, but yeah, Daryl, he'll have that program turned around up and running. I'm excited for him. Um, can't wait to see what he does with, with KML. Yeah. Here's the thing, guys, if Kettle Moraine Luther and, and for fans listening to this, if you, if you do a search, it's actually in Jackson, right? And uh, where the heck's Jackson, right? But some good, good wrestlers in that area, obviously, West Bend area, I think, uh, you know, solid wrestlers come out of that area. So I think they're, they're going to make some draws in there. And and uh, like you said, T, they're not going to come in right away and uh, uh, just be dominant. But I think they're going to turn more heads than people think. Next team up here is Kewaskum, who was the runner-ups in the Portage Regional with 212 and a half points. At team sectionals, they lost to Prairie Duchene at 47 to 30. They are returning 13 of their 14 starters and 182 and a half points. They do lose a Braden Skulls, a Mr. Four-Time State Champ himself. I believe he's our last four-timer shout-out for the sectional previews. Won his last one at 160 pounds last year. They are returning a James Racer, who qualified for state at 113. Ethan Immel, who will place fourth at state at 120. And a Dylan Soik, who will place sixth at 195 along with four more sectional qualifiers. And, man, Steve, we'll have you talk after Alex here, but in terms of teams that may have surprised us the most, just in terms of from sectional previews to the end of the year, how we didn't know they were going to do, what a year for them. A great freshman class in general, but you saw them have good results throughout the course of the year. And honestly, guys, what may have impressed me the most was the loss to Prairie du Chien at sectionals. Yep. Kept it within 17 of a really strong D2 runner-up. Returning 13 of their starters, and I know they're losing Skulls, who's 30 points at regionals. But you have to assume that they're going to find a way to make up those points as well. And we got to talk to Scott Rhodes, just a good guy, and he's doing good things with this program. A coach, you're pretty familiar with Kewaskum. Is it geographically? I think they're the closest team to you. So if you want to talk more on them, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kewaskum, we've had a huge rival with them since I can remember. Um, 
But yeah, they're going to be pretty tough this year. Um, they got a young team overall. Um, we dueled them last year. Uh, we, we, we beat them 39, 32, but it's always a battle. It always comes down to those last two matches. Um, you know, Scott does a good job with this program over there. Um, and now there's another skulls coming up into the lineup this year. Um, I know awesome, Soik, huh? Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Soik did, uh, I know got hurt in football this year, but, uh, I really hope he can be back this year. Um, used to coach Dylan back in the youth days. So hope he's back on the mat. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the duels with, uh, Kiwaskum. I don't think they're on our schedule at all unless we can add them to a duel we have this year. So looking forward to it. Yeah, I won't add too much because uh, I think it'll take away some of my notes for later. But, Coach, you said it, or uh, uh, Teague, you said it. We had Scott on, and uh, I think what's most impressive about the program is I, I do a lot of social media looking around just trying to when I'm trying to find pictures and things like that. But here's what's most impressive is they have a good uh, contingent of kids that come up to their open mats or whatever. And, and uh, Teague, you and I, when we had Braden on, we complimented him on this. Is like before, obviously, he went away to college. He was a big part of that, right? It's like it, uh, I think he talked about that he wanted part of his legacy to be that he helped Kiwaskum go to that next level. And he was always there. You could see pictures. He's working with little kids and uh, uh, just a great uh, ambassador for, Q, you know, uh, for Kiwaskum wrestling and uh, what he wants to happen in the future. Yeah, Kowalskum last year. See, the thing it was funny because one of the coaches around that area emailed us after we did the prediction saying, oh, I'm surprised you guys didn't pick Kowalskum. And that's one of those emails you get where it's just like, dang, yeah, we're going to be hearing about this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, last year in the regional, um, it came down to the last match. Um, their wow. heavyweight was wrestling Portage's heavyweight. And... Uh, Basically, we needed Porridge's heavyweight to win, and it actually went into overtime. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so we sat there like, oh, are we going to get a trip? You know, are we going to get a duel Tuesday or not? Um, and then Kiwaskum's heavyweight um, got the takedown to uh, send them on to team sectionals and send us home. So That was one of those regionals where there's a lot of cheering for other teams, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are fun. Those are fun. It was a it was a good day. Moving on to Lake Country Lutheran, who was fourth in the Jefferson Regional with 165 points. They return a seven of their nine starters in 106 points. They'll be led by McAllister Ramage, who qualified for state at 106, and Nate Grooms, who qualified at 220, along with sectional place winners Sam Buckholtz and Nate Grooms. Yeah, no, Lake Country Lutheran's good to see. Uh, they had a pretty good freshman class I when I was taking a look at that. Um, they had some pretty solid records last year in that sectional, those sectional brackets. Um, uh, but, yeah, I guess uh, we might see grooms um, in a Bulls matchup would be good to see. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to battling Lake Country Lutheran in February. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys, looking at their roster, of their seven guys that returned, five were freshmen last year, two were sophomores. So they're building, you know, uh, from from a young group of kids. 
and as far as I know, there's no real. It's kind of like uh, Watertown Luther Prep. We're going to talk about later. They, I don't believe they have a real true feeder program. Obviously, there's so much wrestling opportunities now for kids. We, you know, they, you know, they they can go out and get that wrestling they they need to. But the kids are big. They're strong. They just love wrestling, right? And uh, their coaching staff. They get kids that in grade nine don't really get to work with them before then, and uh, they develop them real well from grades nine through twelve. Absolutely. Next up is Mayville, who was 13th in the Portage Regional with 35 points. They'll be returning four of their six starters and a 27 points. They'll be led by returning sectional place winner Aiden Grulke. Remember in D2, D3, when we say returning sectional place winner, it means they got that uh, dreaded fourth place spot at sectional. So, you know, Grulke has to be one of those guys coming into this year who's uh, definitely hungry for a chance to wrestle at the Cole Center this year. Yeah, um, Mabel's in our conference, so we see them a lot. We don't just see them at our duels. We see them in a lot of local tournaments throughout the year. Um, but, yeah, you know, Mayville, they, they, they kind of struggle to get numbers, but, uh, you know, they have that pretty dang tough football team the last yep. couple of years in the state finals against Aquinas. Um, but uh, I actually I, – I could be wrong on this, but I do think – Grolke may have transferred um, out. Um, I've seen uh, on Facebook, I think he might be at Hartford now. So I don't know. Maybe someone that's on, on Facebook can confirm that. I don't know. That Well, yeah, that would be news. Because I, I was just going to make the comment on him. Freshman, obviously, uh, Teague, you talked about it. But here's, a, here's what's impressive when I saw his sectional run. Teague, you know, I know you'll appreciate this. He lost the theory in the semis. Uh, from PDC seven to one, and then uh, lost to Grosscroft ten of uh, Lodi ten to seven. Two really tough wrestlers, right? So battled uh, battled his own right there, and uh, that did get confirmed uh, on the comment section. But here's what I'll tell you that's good about Mayville is that uh, um, it did some digging at my sources. Mayville, you know, normally teams start off with a certain amount of kids, and the, the kind of windows down a little bit. Maybe they lose five, ten kids. Mayville's program last year gained kids as the year went on. So the coaching staff's doing something right. If your numbers grow from beginning to end. <clears throat> Moving up to North Fondy, St. Mary Springs, who was ninth in the Portage regional with 65 points. They'll be returning nine of their 10 starters into 46 points. They'll be led by returning sectional qualifier, Evan Kellenhofer. Of course, a North Fondy, a coach by a Mr. Doug Forseth, who is the map expert of Wisconsin wrestling <laughs> and does a great job with his team. They're usually in a contention for at least making it to team sectionals every year. And, you know, he's got to be excited about returning a good core of his group this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Doug and Ken do a great job over at uh, North Fond du Lac, St. Mary Springs. Um you know, we, they're in our conference as well. Um, just always, just, you know, two really good guys. They, they give back to that program year after year. Um, they've been coaching for a while now. But, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting to see where Kellenhofer uh, ends up as far as a weight class this year. And um, I'm sure he will turn some heads. So, Teague, Doug's one of those good guys of the sport, isn't he? I mean, he's just like it's. It seems like uh, he reminds me a lot of Ernie Millard, and not because of their age. I'm not trying to make a you know uh, uh, old, old guy joke or anything like that, but he just seems like you know Ernie Millard, same thing. But Doug, Doug always seems like he's going to do what's best for the sport first, right? And if it benefits his team, so be it. If it doesn't, 
and, and that's what I appreciate about him. And I know that when we had him on last. He talked that uh, numbers were a little low, low last year, but he's really hoping, you know, he's getting some more numbers from St. Mary Springs this year. So he's hoping to have that full squad this year. And like you guys said, compete uh, always seems to be in the discussion for the, the team sectional. Absolutely. Doug, also the creator, if you've seen uh, the spreadsheet for the enrollment cut lines, he is uh, the creator and the one who uh, keeps up to date on that. Also, Alex, your little recon mission worked out here. We have Mr. Adam Kenyon letting us know that Grolke is indeed at Hartford. So savvy yeah. veteran moved by there, by you there, Alex, calling <laughs> out the chat. Yeah. Calling it out right on live, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no. So... Yeah. We got Plymouth up next here, who was a 13th in the Denmark regional with 53 points. They're returning all six of their starters from last year. They'll be led by Mr. Silas Daly, who after two third place finishes captured a state title at 170 pounds last year in division two, along with sectional place winner, Sawyer Daly, First and foremost, they might have the most energetic coach in the state and Mr. Andy at Crivellone. Secondly, Plymouth's result last year, and you look at what they have at the regional from last year, might be one of the more deceiving ones because they had a lot of guys listed in their lineup on track wrestling, so maybe the injury bug bit them at the wrong time. And also, 13th place finish in their regional, they were in what's questionably the toughest regional in the state too. So Plymouth is going to be a really fun team to keep track of and see how big of a jump they make from postseason to postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those daily boys will be fun to watch. And as uh Silas chases that second state title this year, but you know, overall a bigger picture, you know, Silas, those, those daily kids in general just seem like really good kids um, off that mat too, um, which is good to see. Um, I'm sure he'll have success this year. Um, wish them the best of luck at Minnesota next year. So yeah, I just just committed yesterday. I think it was today or yesterday. My days get all mixed up with this uh, change of the clock stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know this for sure. But I got to imagine, you know, with having a pretty full team, and then you, you look at your regional with Luxembourg, Wrightstown, Denmark, really, and Two Rivers and others. Right, you kind of look and say, yeah, maybe we'll uh, try to get some other tournaments rather than send you there. Who knows? You know, let's grow the team. Uh, but Teague, I figured out a way for you to say at least one more time the greatest nickname you've ever come up with. And uh, why don't you tell everybody what Annie Crivellone did last year at State with uh, one of our favorite wrestlers of all time on the podcast. Andy Crivellone got to take a selfie with Quesero Gigante, Isaac Bunker of Monroe, at state, and he lived to tell the tale, Steve. Yes, and here's the thing: is uh, Bunker didn't even really. Know. He goes, "Yeah," I said, "Hey, did you get a selfie taken today?" And he goes, "Yeah, I don't even really know who that guy was. He just <laughs> asked if he could take my picture." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you and I are broadcasting, and I get this uh, text message from Andy. He's there. He is with uh, the big cheese, the big cheese maker. I'm sorry, uh, the, <laughs> the giant the cheese spreader. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite oh, part of that story is the the coaches told us that he literally said hey quesero gigante can we get a picture with you <laughs> oh, that doesn't God. surprise me coming from crib yeah no not not one bit <laughs> well here, here's it i gotta tell another uh andy story so i'm i'm uh broadcasting battle in the bay last year in the finals and 
as I'm talking about it and uh, Andy's Andy's coach and Silas, I think it was, might have might have been um, who who knows who it was, doesn't matter. And uh I was talking about the new coach's chair rule, how they're confined they're confined to the uh chair. And uh I said, Yeah, that's gonna be a really hard one for for uh Andy because he's you know a pretty energetic guy and his wife was listening, his wife's texting him after the match, hey. The announcer's picking on you for uh, moving around too much in your chair, and I'm like, I was, I thought that was pretty good that his wife's wife's jabbing him at home. <laughs> good stuff. Keeping them, keeping them honest, I guess. <laughs> yeah, ripping up next year, who was eighth in the Portage Regional with 84 and a half points. They were turning nine of their starters, all nine of their starters from last year. And uh, they'll be led by a returning sectional place winner, Joey Williams, along with sectional qualifier, Riley Nickel. Guys, it's going to sound like a broken record by the end of this, but there's a lot of teams bringing back a lot of numbers in this regional and sectional with guys like Williams, who were sectional place winners or qualifiers, looking to make that jump. And it's just going to make for an exciting regional Saturday just to start the postseason. So it'll be cool to see what Rippon can do this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, Rippin, I think, is going to be at our Sarge scramble the first tournament of the year. Um, so we'll get a good eye at Williams and Nickel there. But, uh, no, we had a really, you know, our 132-pounder last year Last year had a pretty exciting match with Williams. Uh, that went into overtime for the regional title. And uh, But, yeah, that 32-pound bracket at last year's sectional was just any one of those kids could have won in it, uh, any three of them really could have made it onto that state tournament. Um, but yeah, Riley nickel again is going to be one that's going to be a, a, a force to reckon with on, on the Rippin squad this year. Moving on to Sheboygan falls, who was eighth in the Denmark regional with 89 points. They were turning eight of their 11 starters and a 46 points. They'll be returning sectional place winner Aiden Miller along with sectional qualifiers Eben Gilsdorf and Jake Shaver. Shaver, someone who I'd say is a state-level talent, just got stuck in a pretty tough sectional last year from what I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, Sheboygan Falls always seems to – they used to be in the EWC with Campbell Sport, so we had a lot of big duels back in the day against them. Um I think Fitzgerald was one of the wrestlers back in the day um, that my brother wrestled quite often. Uh, but yeah, no, looking forward to seeing Sheboygan Falls a little bit more often this year. Um, I think we wrestled them at the um, Sheboygan North Tournament. So, Yeah, Shaver last year lost to Cole Bozeal of O'Connell Falls and Colin Meiselwitz of Elkhart. So pretty, okay. yep. yeah. Pretty tough sectional bracket, to say the least, there at 132 Absolutely. up in Wrightstown. Absolutely. We got St. John's Northwestern Military Academy, Chesterson University Lake School co-op. That's a new co-op this year. They were 13th in the Horicon Regional with 20 points. They were turning three of their four starters and seven points. And Mr. Marcus Hagen scored those seven points. He wrestled 170 at regionals last year. Yeah, so St. John's, um, I think it's a program they, they kind of struggle to get numbers, but, uh, you know, they've had some big names come out of that program over the years. Um, Medora, which uh, wrestles for the Badgers now. They had Newman, who was a two-time, I think two-time D1 
D3 national champ for Whitewater. Um, so, yeah. Do you guys know what year Newman uh, graduated? 2013, I believe, actually. Same same was, year as me. I, I, I don't even remember. Did he, did he, was he a state champ or anything like I'm that? I'm pretty did? sure his state championship was a battle of the Jordans. I think he wrestled Jordan Pardowski of Luxembourg Casco. Okay, so he did have one one state championship. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Don't worry, I got the bracket pulled up here. Well, we'll <laughs> yeah, no worry. And well, I was second. just thinking, it's like I, I, um, you know, it, it, it just, you know, I, I, if anybody's listening, like, I want them to understand that sometimes everybody develops at at different ages. T guys, just you might even know the name of this guy. I was just watching a, a YouTube video on this track runner. I, I think he runs for UW lacrosse and he went to Oshkosh West and he wasn't recruited D one at all. And he's one of the fastest two hundreds in the runs, one of the fastest two hundreds in the country. And, uh, they're just talking about how no one recruited him. And now he's just, he's coming to his own. Right. And, uh, I just think about that. Like Newman's the same case. He goes on mm-hmm. and wins two national championships. And you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I probably remember him. Right. But it's just like, man, if kids want to go, uh, explore wrestling at the next level. There's opportunity for you, man. Just keep trying. Keep keep going for it. Absolutely. It's I think to thing. add to the oh, sorry, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, to add to that, so Jordan did not win. He lost to Pardowski in the quarterfinals in the Battle of the Jordans. He did wrestle back for a third, though. But sorry, Alex. I'll let you finish your thought there, man. My apologies. No, I yeah, I strongly encourage kids to go on to that next level. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, division three NAIA, um, yeah, it's definitely worth it. You know, the people you meet along the way, um, friendships that last a lifetime too. Also guys, trivia question. Who was Aiden Medora's last match to? T that's too easy. I mean, even I know that one last high school match, right? Yes, last oh, high school right. match. Where's the oh. green singlet? Had him on. Had him on the podcast. I already talked about him. There's yeah. your hint. <laughs> Schools. That was a wild one. That was crazy. That would be the one. Yeah, Medora won two state titles, sophomore and junior. His freshman year lost another overtime match to Mr. Dustin Hatfield of River Valley, <laughs> which was yeah. a pretty epic match in itself as well. Uh, Watertown Luther Prep here, who was six in the Jefferson Regional with 146 points. They return eight of their 12 starters and 82 points. They do lose a Chi Medina, who uh, qualified for state at 195. But they're returning sectional qualifiers, Jason Karen, Silas Hilmer, and John Camps. Alex, you have the floor here, but Steve, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about Watertown Luther, because I think they're one of those teams that we've been keeping track of the last few years. Yeah, no, Watertown Luther Prep, they seem to, you know, take it a step further each year. Uh, maybe a, a couple more kids winning some big regional matches, um, sending a couple extra to the sectional tournament. Um, but, yeah, we're excited to see these programs grow and um, have some new names in the talk each year. Yeah, I think I, think I picked them last year. Maybe it was two years ago because they, they they had a lot returning. But here's here's what I know. Like a couple other schools we're going to talk about, we already talked about and are going to talk about, there's no true real feeder program for them. And every single year, they seem to have a full lineup. I went to a duel last year that they were at, and they they had a full lineup, and they were they probably had a good 20 kids on their JV squad. 
Um, and a lot of these kids come in freshman year and the coach wants to pull them out the hallway or whatever it is and say, you're coming off of wrestling. And it's a, it's a school where the kids stay at the school, right? So they got nothing else to do, right? Might as well go out and wrestle. And it's fun because they're excited. They're, they're, they, they grow. And, uh, you know, I just, I think they're a program that could, if it could start working at getting those kids out before their freshman year, they might, you know, we'd be talking about them a little more. The last team in this regional last, but definitely not least is Campbell's port who was a third in the portage regional with 210 points. They were turning 10 of their 13 starters and 147 points. They do lose the Haitian sensation himself. Mr. Olsen Blanchard, who captured a state title at 126 pounds last year, but they were turning a Joseph Bowles who placed a third at state at 220 pounds, not 120, like I have written down, along with sectional <laughs> qualifiers at Karsten Kruger, Chris Meyer, and J.J. Kozik. Sorry if I messed that up, J.J. Coach. How do you pronounce that last name? J.J. Shushk. Oh, <laughs> like my shushk. gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, one, no one ever gets it. So um. <laughs> I remember making that outline. I said, I'm going to ask Coach about that one beforehand, and Lo and behold, we just talked wrestling and I happened to forget about it, but coach, let's hear more about your team for this upcoming year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, it's my third year. Um, just, just really blessed to have, um, a group of really hardworking kids, um, and an awesome coaching staff around me. Um, really couldn't do it up, do it without them. But yeah, we got Joe Wolves kind of leading, you know, leading the team this year. Um, but we have six seniors as well. Um, you know, Joe Voles already got his hundredth win last year. Um, he's actually at 80 career pins. So I know his, his, uh, goal is to get a hundred pins. Um, and then actually try to chase down the school record, which is 110 that my brother set. Um, so, and that's actually with a COVID year too. So you kind of got to imagine what, you know, some of these kids could have done, <laughs> you know, I, I keep, I tell my brother, I said, Joel would have crushed your record. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, we got, nice three other, <laughs> we got a couple, of, we got a couple other seniors that are really uh, close to knocking on that door of a hundred wins, um, which is, which is great to see, you know, biggest thing is just staying healthy. Um, we got Brock Benz back. He was a, a f- sectional qualifier his freshman year, our heavyweight. He was out last year with a knee injury. So it's, we're excited to have him back uh, in the lineup here, um, as a junior, but, uh, no, we pretty excited to walk in that room Monday and start scrapping. Um, yeah, we got a motivated group of kids. We got a couple girls on the team this year signed up um some kid some girls that made some noise uh last year placed at the girl state tournament so uh yeah excited to see what we we can do this year um so yeah and coach team wise we talk about how crazy this regional and sectional is whether it was with the old format or the new format and we saw a little bit last year with the battle between you guys and Kawaskum. I always think of there's a couple of years at the end of the 2010s where Keel and Chilton Hilbert always went down to the last couple of matches at, during their regionals. And then you guys qualified for team sectionals as well. I think it was a couple of years ago. Oh, I had the team sectional list up somewhere. Last time he made it, it was at 
Amro. Yeah. Yep, 2021. Yep. And was then, it 2021? Yeah. yeah, you guys made the finals. It was against a Winnicani. So you have a big senior class and you have guys that have been this close to whether it be making it to team sectionals or making it to team state. How motivated is the team feeling coming into this year? And have, how have you seen that reflected in the off season? You know, we, uh, we had a, I would say it's the best year of off season that I've witnessed since um, taking over the program. It's obviously not what I want it to be. Right. Um, but these kids, they're putting in the work, you know, these kids are three sport sport athletes, um, and, you know, jobs in the summer too, but the kids are motivated, you know, kind of last year, um, it was, all right, are we going to battle at this new, in this new sectional or not? You know, I kind of had to, uh, push it down their throat, but, you know, this year already from, in our group chats and, some open mats, these kids, you know, it's one goal for us and that's team state. Um, you got six seniors that the maturity levels there, they know what it takes. Um, you got guys that, you know, that whole team witnessed Austin state title last year too, which really motivated some kids board gas on the fire, um, and sprung them into that off season to, you know, get into the, get into AWA and do some, um, off-season tournaments so yeah hey good stuff coach seems like the team is fired up for this year speaking on Mr. Olson we did have him on the show and I know you had some words over a text as well that I was able to share on the show but do you just want to take a moment him being one of your graduating seniors we talked about it with Braden Skulls, right where even though he's gone his legacy from Kowalskim is going to be there for a while do you want to talk about Olsen's legacy and you talked about it a little bit with that state title but just his legacy that he's left with the team yeah absolutely you know Olsen you know his he started at the bottom right um I mean we saw him as a middle schooler losing a lot more than winning um his freshman year you guys had that picture up where his singlet was on backwards for the duel Um, (laughs) and then goes on and uh, wins a state title Um, 50 and one back-to-back seasons. So 102 in a two year span and it comes down to his hard work and his commitment. I mean, he set his mind that he was going to be a state qualifier going into that sophomore year. And, you know, I told him, well, you got to do some off season then you got to get into AWA or somewhere and start working. And he did that and he, he listened and he bought in and I mean, he, he worked so dang hard for that and the kids witnessed it all. And he was used to so good to have in the room too. Um, always usually in a good mood, um, smiling. Uh, but yeah, always offering advice for the kids. Um, the youth kids really looked up to him too, but, uh, He's got his name painted up on the wall now with our state champion wall. So that'll always be there. And uh, that was something he told me every day going into practices that, you know, coach, my name's going to be up on the wall at the end of the year. And it's like, all right, let's go do it then. And uh, he did. So, um, yeah, sure going to miss him, but still talk to him just about every day still. Um, Kicking some butt down in Kentucky. Um, 
just went four and one, I believe, at uh, the open he was at. So having fun still. I think my favorite moment that I forgot to bring up on the show with him was during Joe's semifinal match. I was sitting up with him in that one section wherever, like all the wrestlers said, whatnot, finally got to meet him. And when Joe's match came up, coach, I know you were doing your thing in the corner, but Austin was coaching from across the Cole center, <laughs> yelling out all the technique stuff and whatnot. Like, Come on, Joe, we got to do this. We got to do that. And he has that little coach's lean too. He bumped into me a couple of times, but you talk about awesome. not just wrestling for himself, but wrestling for the team. And that was, that was good stuff. And just going off of Austin here real quick. Olsen was the first Campbellsport state champion since 10 years ago when Mr. Ryan Costello won it. And it brought up the fun little trivia. Olsen beat Luke Dukes of Nielsville Greenwood Loyal. Ryan beat Phil Opelt of Nielsville Greenwood Loyal. So uh, both Campbellsport state titles came at the hands of NGL guys. But just talk about the difference in feeling between even your perspective as being a teenager at that time. That's the difference compared and contrasting what it was like watching your older brother win a state title and then being a coach, watching a guy that you've helped put the time in for win a state title. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah. Watching my brother win a state title back in 2013 um, was pretty motivating, right? Um, definitely played a big success jumping into my, my junior year and senior year. Um, really kind of turning, turning it on those last two years and, uh, chasing down that state title myself, but couldn't get it done. Um, no, I don't know. It was, uh, definitely motivating. You learn a lot. You get to see it firsthand, what it takes. Um, and then kind of, yeah, being in Austin's corner last, you know, last year, Saturday night, Cole center was, uh, quite the experience, you know, um, never been down on the floor that night, um, witnessing, that moment was truly something I'll never forget. Um, and looking forward to having many more to come with that. So thank you, coach. coach you're uh Teague, if you don't uh, you want me to jump in right now? Yeah, I, go I for just it. have one question. Yeah, coach. So um, you know, I'm you guys already joked a little bit, uh kind of made me feel bad about my age and how much different I am, how much older I am than you guys. So uh I, I grew up in the era of uh Campbell Sport, right? And uh uh, you know, names like John Dexter, who are on the wall in your room, and Jeff Burschbach, those are uh, those are names that Austin probably obviously doesn't know. Maybe he's met them, I don't know, but now his name's next to those mm-hmm. guys. Um, Camel Sports got a, a strong history of wrestling, and uh, you know, young man, everything like that. What did you feel any? Um, uh, you know, when I when I was wrestling at that age, I just remember if you said the word Camel Sport, it was oh my gosh, these guys are going to come. I mean, John Dexter was probably one of the meanest coolest meanest wrestlers i've ever seen right he was going to intimidate you and and uh but what what's it like taking over a program at at you know 27 years old you said with a such a huge history do you feel kind of a little bit that weight on your shoulders with that or or walk us through that yeah absolutely um so you know our wrestling room's got you know state qualifier wall conference champion wall 100 win wall state champion wall four-timer wall with conference and uh sectional qualifiers uh or state qualifiers i mean but seeing those names and you know seeing like the next generations come through year after years it's motivating and at a young age i remember in in grade school just trying to you know i gotta get my name on those walls someday i need to keep working hard um 
but yeah, definitely when I came back to help the program out as a volunteer assistant in 2019, I really didn't expect to ever uh, assume the role of a head coach. I mean, before my brother, there was two coaches ever since I think 1965 that coach Campbell sport, um, which was Gerald marking Sarge. They called them. He yeah. coached for 30 years, um, had over 300 wins. Um, and then coach Mark Peterson, who was my coach took it over and, um, again, had over 300 wins coached for it over 30 years as well. And then my brother did a two year stint and, when they offered me the job or when my AD called me, um, it was kind of like, yeah, this is uh this is a, I don't know. This is a big program. Um, it's kind of a big deal at that moment. And it's not like you're, you almost signed a 30 year contract, right? Right then <laughs> and there kind of yeah. joke with my fiance here and there about that. But uh, you no, know, I'd love to coach as long as I can something I truly enjoy, but it's an honor to, you know, kind of be a part of that program and just give back to the, you know, this, this great sport. Um, but yeah, like I said, I can't do it without the coaching staff. I mean, I actually coach with Dan Heisdorf, who was um, coach Peterson's assistant for 25 years. So Dan is actually on his 27th year this year. Wow. Coaching. So he started when I was born so we make up jokes all the time with, with Coach Heisdorf, but truly can't do it without him. Then we got Jimmy Wiesner, who's also assistant, and he uh, he started coaching when I was a freshman. So we always know how many years Jimmy's been around. and It's kind of cool how it comes full circle. Um, and now I get to coach with those guys as they kind of taught me the ropes. But, uh, no, it's kind of cool. And we have so many volunteer assistant coaches that really make it, um, flow good coach Peterson actually dropped down to the youth um, now so we have a really good program going coach P works with those really young kids we actually got Joey Potter now helping us oh, as wow. well Slinger. Joey Potter yep. was a, a hammer over at Slinger back in the day um, so you know I think the, the the years coming we have a really good feeder program set up here and that's what it, that's what it comes down to actually having uh, success in the future. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's awesome. To, coach. Yeah. With, hey, way uh, to go, man. That's a, that's good stuff. It sounds like that's uh, why I, I don't want to say, you know, like you talked about, you're not where you want to be yet, but you, you guys definitely got things uh, uh, going the right direction. Congratulations for, for everything right. putting together. Yeah. That's, that's, that's sweet. That's sweet. And uh, guys, we, we, Going on to the we we do have one last team. We're kind of yeah. Uh, I messed up oh, my alphabet again. That's right. Alphabetically, we're all over the place. Teague, I have something to say on Wapan, our last team in this regional. If you want me to, otherwise, you can go ahead and do what you do. You you start her off, and I'll get the optics in there. <laughs> well, I I just know Wapan is always a, a consistently tough team. They have good numbers, and this kid's just flat out fight. Uh, they do have a state qualifier last year, and Owen, Owen Kumia. So. Uh, uh, that's what that's what I got on Wapan Teague. They were so, Oh yeah, coach, you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no Wapan actually fun fact, my mom's taught egg agriculture at Wapan for 
probably 25 years. She's actually retiring this year, teaching for 32 years. So shout out to mom. Um, yeah, Owen Koima, uh, heavyweight. Definitely uh, a pretty cool to see him find success last year. But it's it's good to see, uh, you know, Brady Hunick is the, the head coach over there. Um, a guy who graduated in 2013, same year my brother did. Actually, Brady won a state title the same year. My brother did. Um, but, yeah, no, just a great guy. Um, it's one of those guys you can text about anything and um, kind of can relate. Um, so, yeah, it's good to good to have Wapan in the sectional. Always good to run into him on the weekend. So, And uh, Wapan, optics-wise, also Heinink was the guy who was in Rademacher's bracket, Steve. We talked about that loaded 2013 bracket at that weight class. Wapon finished sixth in the Portage Regional with 145 points. They're returning nine of their 13 starters and 68 points. And then you guys brought up Owen. They also have Grant Broskamp coming back, who was a sectional qualifier as well. So apologies to the Wapon faithful out there. I just can't seem to get my alphabet figured out. But <laughs> they're not right. too scary. <laughs> well, they do have that prison there, Teague. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve, that brings us to our first round of picks here. First, second, doesn't matter. Sad donkey, happy donkey. I'm ready to go. That's me. Oh, no. Okay, that's you. You're happy. No, but I'm a, yeah, no, you're always the sad donkey. Get, <laughs> All right. Also, that was great last week, Sean Fortman. I never knew what you guys were doing during that quiet period. Now I know you're just flipping a coin on your phone. But, all right. Let me uh, get my notes pulled up here. Steve, I kind of on the, the same thing. We're going to be on the same line of uh, thinking you know, with this one where it's going to end up being a two-team race at the top. Just want to give uh, some props here. I think it'll be fun to see with so many teams with numbers coming back to see teams like Rippin or North Fondy who are lower in their regionals to see if they can make that jump with how many returners they have come and see if they can end up in the mix. Plymouth is going to be a surprise team just to see if they can end up being in that top five or top, you know, top four marking in this group. Uh, what else do I have here? Lake country, Sheboygan falls and Watertown Luther are all teams that, it could be in the running for that top three. And like we say, that's stuff that helps build programs for future year. But ultimately, this comes down to Campbellsport and Kewaskum. Only this time around, they don't have a Winnicani in their regional to make things really interesting. So I have, for this one, just based off of returning numbers, I have Kewaskum first and Campbellsport second in what I essentially have pegged as a 50-50 regional. They're just, you know, both getting to Team Sectional Tuesday is the plan there. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing, Teague. Uh, you know, you mentioned all the teams. I threw a pawn in there for that battle for a third, fourth. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm really liking Rippin with nine for nine coming back. Uh, North Fond du Lac, I think with, you know, just Doug got us pumped up. Every time we get a coach on, they pump us up and kind of sway us toward toward their team. I think he's going to have good numbers as well. I, I think it'll be a really fun battle for those three, four spots. Uh, Plymouth, you mentioned. Uh, but ultimately, you're absolutely right. Um, Campbell Sport. I'm going one, two in that order. Uh, only reason being, Kiwaskum has more uh, regional starters going back, and they had 2.5, which is a huge amount, right? They had 2.5 points more that they scored. So for no other reason than that, I have a feeling we'll be talking about these two teams in a matchup 
coming real soon. All right. So, uh, Steve, sorry, who'd you have first and second? Uh, same as you. Same order? Yep. All right. Also, folks, my uh, Google Chrome is frozen. So if you're watching live and I'm looking at my phone, it's because that's what I have my podcast notes on. So we'll be... <laughs> We'll just be ad-lib, not ad-libbing a little bit here, but making do with the technology that we have at hand. Regional 2 of the Clinton Regional. Uh, just a couple of changes in this one. There's basically, I think, Bigfoot and then Clinton are two teams. Or there, Yeah, there's a couple teams that just moved to regionals, essentially. But otherwise, it looks pretty straightforward to the Jefferson Regional that we saw from last year. Uh, first up here, Steve-O, Bigfoot, Williams Bay, rocking the gear from Mr. Jason Rodriguez. Thank you, Jason, yep. for there the gear are. there. They were at 12th in the Belleville Regional with 72 points. They're returning at 10 of their 12 starters and 70 points, and they will be led by Mr. Chase Rodriguez, who was a state qualifier at 120 pounds. I know he had a couple close calls his first a couple of years, so for him to make it to the Cole Center and get that experience, he's pretty pumped up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Bigfoot, um, Williams Bay, I guess. Uh, I, I want to say it was the COVID year. Yeah, COVID year. Um, I believe Drake Mullenbach had Rodriguez first round and, you know, Drake was a senior. We expected him to go head down to Madison and um, Chase had a really good match with, with Drake and pushed him. Um, kind of got us pretty nervous and we knew he was going to be trouble going uh, forward. Um, but yeah, state qualifier, uh, shout out to Belmont Platteville wrestler, Dylan Weigel, um, coached him back in the day, but him and Chase had a couple, uh, good, good matches at, I think sectionals, regional sectionals and state. So. Yeah. He wrestled yeah. Uh, Belmont Platteville wrestler. Was it Ulrich or something or what? Yeah. Weigel, uh, like you D- said, yep. Dylan Weigel. Yep. So. <clears throat> Steve-O, anything on yeah. big? Oh, no, I just gonna, I mean, good amount of returners coming from uh, last year. I, you know, could be a team in the battle for this one for uh, for that team sectional. And uh, Jason did uh, comment. Appreciate you. Made a comment on the on the stream as far as, far as Facebook goes. I got to tell you, Jason, I really you talk about. I don't. I should look at this tag. I don't know what kind of shirt it is, but I really like the fit of this bad boy. Oh, tag just came off. Look at that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> look at that. I just ripped my tag right off my shirt. I don't know. That doesn't say what brand it is, but I really like this fit of a shirt. So, Jason, thank you. You did a great job. Next team up here is a Catholic Memorial, who was 11th in the Jefferson Regional with 87 points. They're returning nine of their starters and 65 points. They'll be led by uh, Jay Sean Thomas, who qualified for state at 285, along with sectional qualifier Ben Kalawa. Yeah, I know. It's uh, good to see Catholic Memorial back in our sectional. Um, looking forward to Brock Benz, uh meeting up with Thomas uh, this year and see how that goes. But looking forward to battling Catholic Memorial. Yeah, you, you can't talk about Catholic Memorial, right, without – I think everybody references their, their football team uh, in the semifinals. I can't remember who they're playing – uh, but obviously they play this this coming Friday, and and that's a, a little bit of a transition that's ha- or not transition, but uh, carryover. They're getting some of those football players to come on out, some of those bigger boys, and that's uh, that's what that's what's making their team their team, especially in the upper weights. Uh, they find some they find some tough kids out there. 
Moving on to Clinton, who was ninth in the Belleville Regional with 97 points. They're returning seven of their 11 starters and 47 points. They do lose DJ Vernon, who qualified for state at 170. They're returning sectional qualifiers, Braden Collins, Owen Harwick, and D'Angelo Vernon. Yeah, um, no, returning seven seven guys, uh, definitely going to be a, a, a team to keep your eye on, I think. Um, so we don't usually run into Clinton much at all. So kind of looking forward to seeing them in our sectional in our gym in February. Yeah, Clinton, Clinton right down by the border. I mean, probably only about 5, 10 miles away from uh, – that state that we don't talk about down there, but um, the, in the 2000 Clinton Cougars, by the way, I used to have a Clinton Cougars football shirt and somehow I lost it. Talk about fit. I really like that one. Buddy of mine's kid played football there. Uh, but in the two thousands, early two thousands throughout, they had a really strong program. I know one year in particular, they had two state champs uh, the same year and numbers, are, numbers kind of hit a low a little while and they're starting to build that back up. So hopefully we can see that uh, rise of the program to hit the levels that they were in the early two thousands. Next up is Delvin Darien, who was eighth in the Belleville Regional with 113 points. They're returning eight of their 11 starters and 52 points. They do lose Chris Carbosh, who will play sixth that state at 126 pounds, and a Jacob Dutton, who qualified at 145. They're returning Caden Lofi, who plays third at regionals, didn't wrestle at sectionals, along with Dylan Baden, who will place at fifth at regionals. Delavan Dairy and a team, I'm pretty sure they made team sectionals back when I was wrestling in the early 2010s. And they just seem like a team that they always, by the end of the year, they're in the contention to at least try and make it to team sectionals. They find a way to insert themselves in the conversation. And returning eight starters this year, I know only 52 points. It'll be cool to see what they can do to maybe try and insert themselves back into that conversation this year. Yeah, they Delvin Dairy always seems to, like you said, you know, they, you have to bring them up when you uh, start talking about that February lineups. And, um, yeah, actually, when you said 2010s, Camel scored the last time, uh, made it to Team State, was 20, I want to say 2010. And we beat Delvin Darien in the sectional finals to go. Um, so, yeah, there's some history with Delvin Darien. And, you know, Austin wrestled. Carbosh last year in the state semis. Um, just a really good wrestler there at 126. So uh, always seem to run into Delvin Darien kids and they seem to have success. So also uh, Alex, we got a shout out for Mr. Porter Klot saying, let's go Cougars. And then just letting you know that you're looking sharp tonight. <laughs> yeah. Good old Porter. So <laughs> Didn't know you go by Al, by the way. It's maybe uh, uh, some of the kids call. Yeah, a lot of people call me Al. I guess like my friends and stuff. So, all right, we'll we'll wait for recurring guest stats, and then we'll start calling you Al. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, we're not on Al basis good. yet. <laughs> all right, we got East Troy, who is a third in the Jefferson Regional with 187 points. They were turning eight of their 11 starters and 132 points. They'll be led by a Brady Collins, who's a really impressive wrestler who plays third at 106 pounds in D2 last year, along with four more sectional qualifiers. East Troy, again, a team that perpetually finds themselves in a, the postseason action at the end of the year. Yeah, um, Coach Ryan Holly over there seems to be do, just always does a good job. He's 
been coaching for a while now. Um, when I was wrestling, he was coaching, which is already almost 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, Ryan Holly's a teacher too at East Troy and, um, just kind of know him from that. But, uh, yeah, Brady Collins is, you know, turned quite the heads last year at freshman, uh, placing third, third at the state tournament. So here's what I know about East Troy. They have a great culture. They got a great fan base, right? They seem to, they seem to travel very well. And the number of alumni that they get to come back and work with their program, it's, it's just impressive. Some teams just have that culture and East Troy is one of those. Last thing before moving on to the next team here, East Troy, also home of the Alpine Valley Amphitheater. I went there one time in my life and it was to see uh, with my mom, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. So RIP Jimmy. That was a great, great show that he put on there at the amphitheater. Got Jefferson up next, who was seventh in the Jefferson Regional with 143 points. They're returning nine of their starters and 123 points. They'll be uh, returning a few sectional qualifiers and Colton Stanley, Aiden DeBlair, and Peyton Splitgerber. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, that's Devin Weber coaching over in Jefferson. Um I mean, each year we kind of look at lineups right off the bat and Jefferson always seems to have a pile of kids on their, their roster. Um, I want to say it was well over 40, maybe 50 last year that they had pinched, um, which is just really, really cool to see um, getting that many kids involved with, with wrestling. So doing a good job over there. Yeah. They're not far from us. And uh, I get to see them. Obviously, I coach at the middle school level. Uh, Jefferson's one of those teams that we got to watch out for, right? Uh, I was talking with their coaches, and Coach, you nailed it. They're going to have 40-plus uh, kids signed up again. Uh, what I've noticed over the last two, three years is their middle school numbers. they uh, they got a great coach down there at the middle school. He gets those kids out. We walk into a duel with 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, and they're coming in with 30, 35, sometimes 40 kids. And uh, uh, sometimes they're raw, but you can definitely see them develop through that 6th through 8th grade. So, uh, look for Jefferson to be in that battle here as we uh, real quick as we talk about that team race. Moving on to Lake Mills, who was eighth in the Jefferson Regional with 107 points. They're returning nine of their 12 starters and 67 points. They'll be led by Owen Burling, who was a state qualifier at 170 as a freshman last year, along with sectional qualifier Ethan Evanson. And I got to see Tim Braun, I believe it was at uh, who's number one. He's pretty excited about the crew this year. I think they have a pretty young class as well. But Lake Mills, they've just been building numbers the last few years and now hoping to maybe get into that team sectional mix. Yeah, no, Lake Mills, we, we don't really see Lake Mills too often. But uh, taking a look at some of their stuff, you know, that Owen Burling, definitely, uh, you know, freshman, I believe, last year, won his sectional bracket. Um you know, being a state qualifier at 170 as a freshman's um, impressive let, right then and there. Um, so pretty cool to see that and excited to see what Lake Mills can do going forward. Yeah, uh, Tim's son, Eric, will be uh, joining the lineup as well. He's a pretty successful uh, uh, youth career coming on in. And uh, Lake Mills is talking about 20 to 25, I'm sorry, 25 to 30 kids. And, and Teague, if they can get full lineup, 
right? If they can get every kid at the weight at, at all the 14 weight classes, which is key, right? And especially in a regional like this, looked for Lake Mills to make some noise uh, in a team that uh, probably hasn't had a full lineup in probably five, six years, somewhere around there. So if they can get that, that's a, that's a huge victory for them. And by the way, uh, Rock Lake, which is in Lake Mills, is one of my favorite places to put my boat on on a weekday, on a hot summer day, which I really appreciate, hot summer sunny day, which I really appreciate on a day like today. <laughs> Moving on here, which uh, I know, Steve, you had your boat out on a rainy day, I think, one of the days this summer. Where it's like, hey, hey, we're going to get the boat out. <laughs> That's right. We said we're taking out kids, getting the boat. We're having fun. <laughs> Moving on to a school that if you are one of the moon brothers that used to play quarterback for Lake Mills, the school's literally a stone's throw away from Lake Mills. Moving across the street to Lakeside Lutheran, who was 10th in the Jefferson Regional with 89 points. They returned 10 of their 11 starters and all their points. They'll be led by returning sectional place winner Colton Schultz along with sectional qualifier Sam Schmidt. Yeah, no, a, a team that uh, seems to have numbers, you know, having 10 starters returning. Um, and it looks like that Colton Schultz, I believe he lost um, the match to go to state. So there's going to be some fire behind him this year. Um, looking forward to seeing them at the sectional. Uh, looking like our heavyweights might be a might be a good good sectional. So nice, we love yeah, to see T- it. <laughs> T- you talked about it; those two schools being right across the road from each other. But Colton Schultz, uh, yeah, lost eight to four in the semis and then nine to nine to four uh, for the third. Had thirty two wins on the year. Another kid to watch out in that program. He's uh, he's gonna be one of these kids that's probably gonna be a four year. 106 pounder or whatever they change the weight classes to. I just got them used to it. I still, I still called the young, the lightest weight class 103 and I just started calling it 106. Now it's probably, you know, all messed mm-hmm. up. Uh, but Braden Lukey is going to be one of those young men that uh, watch out for. Maybe not this year. He's got to put on a little muscle, but he could be one of those kids that as a junior and senior is going to be uh, a beast down there at that little weight. Is it 106 by the way, Teague? I should know. It still notice. is. It's all the same yeah. up to 138. And then it's Perfect. 144, 150, and then 157, 65, 75, 90, 215 heavyweight. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. It is, cool. It is funny. I have noticed even the, uh, you know, the the state caliber coaches, like I think we had the Stone coaches on, and I'm, I'm trying to throw coaches under the bus that are my age around it, that they still call it. It's 103, 112. Hey, oh, yeah, that's my 19 pounder. No coach. They, they changed the weight classes a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh how the turntables <laughs> we got next up is a martin luther a team that has leapt onto our radar in the last couple of years and they do not look to stop the momentum anytime soon just real quick here they were second in the jefferson regional with 191 points they lost to evansville 63 to 15 at team sectionals from that team, they're returning 9 of 13 stars and 120 points. They do lose LaShawn Taylor, who qualified for state at 160, but they're returning sectional place winner Aiden O'Brien, along with uh, four sectional qualifiers. And a little more on the team here from head coach Anthony Romano. We'll talk about the girls a little bit more next week when NASA's on the show. Uh, they, again, have a really strong girls program that we'll go in more detail on, led by uh, Nadia Lathan. Uh, 
boys wise, they should have another strong team this year. Coach thinks that they'd lose some seniors talking about Taylor, of course, and some other graduated guys as well. But returning the starters, we're going to see Zion Sally and Aiden O'Brien coming back, who are regional champions. Melvin Finkley was a guy that was hurt that we should keep an eye on this year. And Coach is just really excited because it's the most four-year seniors that he's had in 10-plus years. There's looking to be over 40 boys in the program this year. And he says it's going to be about how much growth that they can have throughout the season is going to determine what happens at the end of the year. He said that they might be starting behind some of the traditional strong teams in the area, but he thinks as long as everyone's putting the work in, they're going to give a lot of teams fits. And I think that might be understating it a little bit. I think they're going to be given more than fits to a lot of these teams, yeah. but Martin Luther, you, I think you heard the, the proof in the pudding right there, guys, most seniors that he's had in 10 plus years, 40 plus guys. And we've seen it team sectionals two years in a row. They're, they're just a strong team, and I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Yeah, no, definitely uh, Martin Luther. We wrestled them at team sectionals two years ago. Um, kind of didn't didn't know too much about them. I think they surprised you guys winning their regional that year. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, kind of us as well. But, I mean, we wrestled them in that duel, and I want to say we were down 30-0 to start our duel with them. And uh, we ended up coming back and beating them, but still, I mean, it's, uh, it's really good to see, you know, they got numbers, which is half the battle um, and getting, getting guys at each weight too. Um, So no, that's good to see. Look forward to seeing them this year and at sectional. So. Not pious, the 11th Catholic up next year, who was 12th in the Jefferson Regional with 37 points. They're returning all four of their starters, and they'll be led by returning sectional qualifiers, Natello Cicero Hardeman and Jack Mueller. Yeah, we've had Pius uh, in our regional or sectional the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, always uh, good to see a couple of kids that show up and uh, wrestle for them each year. Um, hopefully they continue building each year. Yeah, they, they had a their little guy and their big guy, obviously, at sectionals last year. And, uh, you know, talking with coaches, good possibility to get their bookends at the state tournament this year, which would, re- would be really cool, right? You walk in and you got two state qualifiers and you got a real tiny guy and some huge guy walking next to him. That's, uh, that's always fun. Practice partners, warm-up partners. That's right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, the Shoreland Lutheran up next, who was fifth in the Jefferson Regional with 148 points. They're returning eight of their 12 starters and 75 points. They do lose Mason Gill, who was a great wrestler, qualified for state at 132. They'll be led by returning sectional place winner Adam Haas. Yeah, Shoreland Lutheran, correct me if I'm wrong, but they kind of bounce between that D3, D2 um, group. But, uh, yeah, I know Austin had a good match with Mason Gill, I believe, his junior year. But uh, always a, a school that usually pumps out and has a kid that's uh, wrestling late at the state tournament. So, um, no, good program. Here's what I know about him. I didn't get to see him wrestle last year, but I watched him the last four in a, a team dual tournament I was at. And, uh, you know, like a lot of some, a lot of different private schools, right, they don't have a true feeder. But they get kids out that are excited. They're uh, – uh, they're, they're, they're fun to watch cause they wrestle as a team. You know, the kid will, 
on their team will put another kid to their back and they're all pounding on the mat. They're all cheering. They're all uh, excited. And, uh, you know, just really good numbers. It, it, it's a shock to, for me to see that they didn't have a full lineup because in the years past they always had. Uh, but they're they're a program that just they've got the numbers game figured out. Now uh, uh, start getting a little bit more skill set behind that. They're going to be a team that's going to be uh, giving people trouble. I got two teams left here. Up at first is the penultimate team in this sectional preview. Turner, who was 11th in the Belleville Regional with 78 points. They were turning five of their 10 starters and 48 points. They'll be led by Zach Reese, who was a qualifier at 1-32, along with sectional qualifier Carlos Ramirez. And Turner, one of those teams, every year I've done sectional previews, it seems like they're just on the cusp of it, just looking at the results from the previous year, getting back in to contention for qualifying for team sectionals, and hopefully you can see one of those years they can break through and make that appearance on Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's good to see that they got five five returners this year. Um, got a state qualifier to lead the way for that program. Uh, kids to to look up to and uh, uh, you know pick up the pace in the wrestling room. And you got Ramirez too, who was a sectional qualifier. So um, looking forward to seeing Turner. We really do not see them um, at all during the year. So uh, we'll see them in February. And the last school we have up here is Whitewater, who was first in the Jefferson Regional with 214 points. At team sectionals, they beat Belmont Platteville 46 to 33 and then lost to Evansville 58 to 13. From that team, they were turning 11 of their 14 starters and 143 points. They do lose Aaron Porras, who qualified for state at 160. But they're returning sectional place winner Connor Friend along with four more sectional qualifiers. Yeah, it's uh, good to see Whitewater um, returning regional champs. Um, you know, they got 11 kids coming back. Um, definitely going to be in the contention with that alone. Um, and I th- think they're hosting the team sectional. So have the opportunity to punch their ticket in their home gym. So Teague, you and I had, we had, uh, was that, that was last year, right? We had coach John Shimming on, yep. uh, did a great job, right? I mean, I've always uh, seen him from afar and uh, got him on the podcast and he was just, he was just awesome. Here, here's the thing about Whitewater, obviously Wendell Bean and then leading up to coach John Shimming, Whitewater always has numbers. You know, they, they always seem to have a room with 40, 50 kids. They got a great wrestling room up there. It's a, uh, it's pretty sweet. And uh, they get kids out. They get kids out in the middle school. They get kids out in the high school. And uh, uh, one of those programs that's always, always gets talked about, we talk about regional time and then team sectional time. And their win over Belmont Platteville last year, round one, was, uh, I think, big for the program because they seem to have qualified for numerous years and haven't got that round one win. To, so to get that last year was uh, was pretty big for them. And uh, I know Connor Friend, who you talked about, uh, uh, older brother, I think it was, was uh, a pretty good wrestler himself. But you know, losing that five to four match for that third place, obviously to Zach Reese of uh, Turner, who we just talked about. That's a that's a uh, that, that's a grinder, right? I mean, you start letting that burn on you all summer long in the off season, and I tell you, I, I guarantee he did the work and is going to be ready to go this coming year. All right, Steve-O, second round of regional predictions here. Yeah, here we go. Coin. 
and the call is <coughs> that's you. It's it's been I think that's a rig coin. You've been uh, it's been happy donkey for quite a bit last few years, last few times. All I think right. we started out when we first started doing sectional previews. I won like well, it was my flip like the first five in a row, and I think it's been happy donkey since. <laughs> yeah, that's it's been a it's been a game of runs when it comes to predictions so far. Who goes first? I still can't figure out why I'm the sad donkey. I mean, I'm a pretty happy guy. I smile a lot. I I just got to make the call when we first did it, and no one's opposed it since. So we I drew can, the short straw is what I did. Maybe we can do a fan poll to see if we change it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nice. All right, my analysis for this one. And just like the last one, I do think this one is more of a three-team race. Just some teams that I have in the mix potentially is uh, Shoreland, Lutheran, Jefferson, and Lake Mills. All have solid numbers or just they look good from what they have coming back from last year. And then also Lakeside, Lutheran, I had in that mix as well. I think I accidentally said Lakeside on the last one. I meant Lake Country for regional one. But Lakeside also, these are all teams that could make a big impact. They might have individuals that impact this team race as well. But ultimately, I just don't think they have the firepower to match up with the top three. Jumping to number one, Whitewater winning their regional by, they won it by about 20 points and returning the most starters. Barring, you know, bad injury luck, which will knock on wood for them right now. I just see it beating hard for teams to top them this year in a regional that looks mostly the same from last year, which brings me to my two and a three East Troy, who was third in the regional with 187 points. Martin Luther was second with 191. Martin Luther's returning nine and 120. East Troy's returning eight and 132. Here's the thing, Steve. We've been doing this for a while now. If a team's returning a less starters but more points, usually I like to lean towards them. Another kicker, though, is East Troy had 11 starters last year. Martin Luther had 13. This is definitely going to be a battle. Now that more teams have more numbers, it's going to be a battle to see who can be closer to that 14 marker, who can fill that full roster. And I just remember from last year, I was driving back from Hayward, did the Hayward regional. It was a three-hour drive, so I had plenty of time for my pal to tell me results. And he told me, yeah, East Troy beat Martin Luther by two points at, at the regional. I was a little surprised by that result. By the time we got back to Eau Claire, or by the time I got back to Holman, I looked at my phone again, and there was two more matches that happened since my friend told me about that result. And East Troy ended up winning. So they had the first year where they were a little bit of a dark horse. We didn't pick them or whatnot. Then they had last year where they had that postseason magic. But now they had that continuity. They've really had that, you know, sustained success the last couple of years. And I think they're looking to keep that. Even though East Troy, if they have a little numbers advantage on paper, I think we're going to start to see Martin Luther have a little bit of that it factor come into play. And it's going to come into play here. So I'm taking Martin Luther, East Troy, over East Troy and what's going to be a barn burner for that second place regional spot. Wow. I Teague, that was really good. Cause I have no idea. I first, I'm like, Oh, he's going this way. Oh, he's going that way. Oh, he's going that. That was really good. Nice job. Well played. Well played. Thank you. Your, your rebuttal, With, sir. My, my rebuttal is not very, you know, um, Oh, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to, <clears throat> I, 
I, I, this is, I this is how shows end is after that. I, I was roughing a football game this year. Well, I won't say any of the team names. I was roughing a football game this year, and this team was um, – you know, this team was losing by about 40 points. And obviously it was the whole thing was my fault because I wasn't calling holding and all this kind of stuff. And so there's 10 seconds left. And uh, the, the, the coaches are walking on the field and stuff because the game's over and I'm walking away. And this this uh, assistant coach is really yelling at me. He's just like, oh, yeah, you didn't call holding this and that. And all I did is I turned my head and I looked and I said, coach, just go shake hands. And coach responded with, I will then. I'm like, okay, good. That's, uh, you know, right. You got the last word. Nice job. So I'm saying all that to say my response to that, to yours is, um, yeah, what Teague said. <laughs> you, did, you did a really good job, man. I was, uh, I'm sitting there listening and I'm looking at my notes and I'm going, I don't have a lot to add. I'm just going to say this and I'll be quick. Uh, Whitewater is going to be the champion and we'll talk more about them with their head to head coming up here. Uh, I think compared to me or for mine, it's going to be Whitewater. Uh, versus Campbell Sport, which can be interesting. So, which uh, the next the next four teams, I'm just going to mention them all. I'm gonna, two teams that I really like. If if they win it, I, I should pick one of them because usually sometimes with our second place team Teague, we like to go with Flyers. Um, I think if Lake Mills can fill all four team weight classes with, with uh, some strong freshmen coming in and obviously some uh, uh, strong wrestlers, I I would not be surprised, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't do any kind of double take. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I kind of think they could – I thought they could do it. I wouldn't be surprised if they come out as a second-place team. Same same scenario with Jefferson. I think if Jefferson can get all weight classes filled, they will be uh, in strong contention, uh, which brings me to Martin Luther and East Troy Teague. Um, you you talked about it. It's uh, – I flip a coin. Martin Luther is kind of one of those teams, dare we say, on the rise. I mean, they're ready to, to make that next signature win. Uh they they return a lot, um, but but you said it right. How many you said how many coach said they has how many four year seniors coming back? It was a uh, ten plus. I think was just the general number. You that's look a, at that, high and I, can, I tell you, there isn't a lot of people out there that wouldn't pick them as their runner up team. Which you know, T, you've just you've just shown right. But regionals, you did take Mountain Luther, right? I'm in all in my. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. Because I'm all over the place here. Uh, I, I, some, I played football without a helmet, so I forget where I am sometimes, right? So, somebody must be running a microwave. Uh, oh <laughs> but here's the thing. The regionals now are scored differently than the regionals of two, three years ago. East Troy is going to have a, hot, a lot of high placers, and their high placers are going to score some bonus points. They know how to pin. Uh, they, they just uh, – it, they they shine brightly at this time, and uh, for that reason, I think it's gonna be a close one. I think it's gonna be real close, even though I think their East Troy is not gonna have a full team. Martin Luther is gonna have a full team. I think East Troy squeaks out, you know, five points or less, squeaks out another victory to advance the team sectionals. Let's go. Sets up our sectionals, coach. Real quick, just your thoughts. And if you want to talk about your regional, I forgot to ask you about that at the end as well, but just on the two regional team races here, because it just seems there's going to be more madness on regional Saturday with both of these. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, knowing, knowing Kiwaskum, their roster and their incoming kids. And uh, if something happens over there, we usually hear about it right away. Um, and I think they're, they're um, going to be in that, that talk um and i have confidence in 
in my team as well. We, we got to stay healthy. That's with everybody. But, um, you know, there's going to be, um, I would say, us and Kiwaskum out of the, the first regional. And then that second regional, I'd probably have to go with uh, Whitewater and Martin Luther just with the, the seniors. Um, you know, that could play a big role um, being there. But it, it does come down to, like you said, Steve, is the bonus points um, or, you know, kids that have a buy and then lose um, can play a huge factor. And uh, so you kind of got to, you know, tell your kids, you got to be ready right away on that first match. Um, you got to, if you have a buy, you got to be able to get those buy points. You got to get those advancement points um, to, to move on. And um, so, yeah. I think it'll be an awesome, awesome sectional. I'm looking forward to hosting it. Um, going to be a busy day and hopefully not too long, but uh, um, should be good. Hopefully we can uh, send a whole bunch of kids just down to the Madison this year. Coach, that was a great analysis on the individual wrap up there in terms of not a whole lot of state Returning state qualifiers coming back this year. We talked about all the returning place winners and qualifiers at sectionals. So a lot of kids are going to be hungry on the individual side. But, Coach, we still have one more order of a business. We got one last coin flip to get to here. And uh, we are going to be talking some team sectionals. And, Steve, you got what you wanted. Oh, that means you have to go first. (laughs) I have to pick finals first. Yes. Yeah. Nice, nice, good, good. Because then I can just pretend my computer goes out and not make my pick. Um, hey, real quick, I'm going to go bottom side first. I'm sorry, top five side first. Uh, Kiwaskum. I mean, Kiwaskum East Troy. Kiwaskum is just too strong. They're going to advance uh, to the finals. Um, and then Whitewater Camel Sport. I, you know, I think it's going to be a good, good duel. Uh, Whitewater. White, like I said, Whitewater's win over Belmont Platteville last year really. Um, Really surprised me, right? Turned turn my head. I thought Belmont was going to win that one. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to go with Camel Sport. Um, here's why. Just looking at lineups, uh, Whitewater's got some really strong wrestlers, as 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 all good teams do, right? But it's the it's the second tier guys, right? I just think Camel Sport's second tier guys. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this a little bit, but they they got some high win wrestlers, right? 30, 30 plus wins. Uh, looking at Whitewater's lineup here on my screen, you know, a couple of them are, uh, you know, 195 to heavyweight last year, eight and eight, three and four, six and nine. I just think, uh, you know, and those, they got some guys sprinkled like that throughout the lineup. I know lineups change from year to year, uh, but that's where Campbell Sport is going to pick up uh, a lot of bonus points. So I have Campbell Sport advancing uh, to face Kiwaskum. All right, Campbell Sport versus Kiwaskum. I'll start here. Kiwaskum versus Martin Luther. This one is interesting here in that Kiwaskum I talked about last year. They really put on a show at team sectionals and that result against Prairie Duchene is what really, they had a lot of great results throughout the year, but that was really eye popping and knowing what they had coming back made you really excited for them this year with Martin Luther this year. Maybe they have a Kiwaskum-esque performance and give Kiwaskum a closer duel and what I might be anticipating and just uh, just keep growing that program. But I still have Kiwaskum winning that duel if that's what comes to fruition. And Whitewater versus Campbellsport. Steve, you nailed it here. And, Coach, I know I'm saying Campbellsport, but I think this actually makes 
that regional battle between you and Kiwaskum interesting in that I don't want to be that team facing Whitewater first. Because obviously you want to make team state. You got to win two duels to get there. And we know the road. I'm thinking the road's getting through Kiwaskum or Campbellsport. But between you guys, Whitewater could be a trap team. And that if you're focused on the next duel, they could be one of those teams that takes you out by surprise. Uh, here's what I'm thinking, Coach. You're going to have your guys ready. Steve made a great point. One through 14, especially in a dual setting, is it going to be a huge. And I have you guys taking the edge. It could be a very good duel, a very good first-round duel, which we love to see in this new team sectional format. But I'm giving the edge to Campbell's Port, Steve. And I have to uh, now talk about Kiwaskum versus Campbell's Port. And, man, oh, man, how many times have we had to do this where we've had to talk about. Yeah. T, T, here's what I'm thinking. In the future, we stop having coaches on that are in the running to go to team state. I mean, I, I think we've had that more this year. In the past, we kind of had coaches sprinkled in, and it was fun to talk about because they weren't sitting there looking at you. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> Oh, look at that year, stare. <laughs> yeah, this year more than ever, we're sitting there talking about what are really good – I mean, Coach can admit this. This is going to be a really stinking good duel, right? And it, it definitely can go either way we got to analyze this and possibly pick against them. And just those eyes looking at us, like, like how hard was it, Teague, picking against Ernie Millard, which is probably one of the hardest, <laughs> I mean, probably one of the meanest things anybody's ever done, right, to one of the coolest guys ever faced. But you did it, Teague, and you did it almost like heartless without any emotion. Yeah, no, you just got to embrace it at this point. That's uh, <laughs> just, just part of the game. <laughs> and so, Steve, now with that out of the way for putting that pressure on me, just real <laughs> quick on the numbers here. Campbellsport returning 10 starters, 147 points. Kiwaskum, 13 starters, 182 and a half points. Of course, the regional was about as close as it could be there. A dual-wise coach talked about the duel last year where Campbellsport won 39 to 32. This one's interesting here, Steve. Oh, we've talked about this problem with a couple of coaches on sectional previews before. A great problem to have here. So you look at Kiwaskum returning their 13 starters. That doesn't mean all the weights are going to be the same, especially with the weight shift. So it's going to make for an interesting conundrum here. Kiwaskum, they're probably going to have some weight classes where they might be able to bump around and move guys if they have a couple of studs in the same spot, especially in those lower weight classes. But what I'm really intrigued by is who's going to fill those gaps in a duel where all 14 matches are going to matter. Steve, you know, I'm all about the narrative here. You had Kiwaskum, who I think generally felt just that they didn't get enough love through all of last year. I don't think that's going to happen this year. People are going to be keeping an eye on them, but they're motivated coming in this year and knowing how close they got to Prairie. That's uh, it's just going to come with a lot of motivation as well. It'll be cool to see who steps up on that team. And then you have Campbellsport. You have the third year head coach. They've had a couple of post close postseason losses the last few years. And a lot of those guys have been on those teams. So you have two teams that are absolutely hungry to make it to team state. And I think the road for either of them is going to be going through each other in this finals matchup. I'm going to go back to that conundrum here real quick. Kiwaskum, they might have the gaps if they have guys that are log jammed into certain weights, but this is going to be a duel that might come down to the coin flip here 
I think Kiwaskum might have a little more flexibility in their lineup to make those moves. And coach, I'm so glad you came on so that I could give you that little extra chip on your shoulder and tell you that I think Kiwaskum's going to make it to Team State over Campbellsport in the finals. Love to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Teague. Teague, 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 Teague. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, uh, Steve, are you going to go or how's this work? Oh yeah. No. When Steve says my name multiple times like that, you know, he's about to drop some fire. So oh, all right. Well, let Steve go. Yeah. I, here's the deal. <laughs> I look at my analysis and I should have wrote it on. Usually I have it sitting right next to each other. I, here's why I could pick Kiwaskum. I really think, obviously, in other schools coming in, I mean, that makes everybody like, you know, it's kind of like you give the golf clap. Great. In other schools can't wait, right? That's, you, you throw that in. Um, I, I think, it, not against Campbell Sport, but I think if you, T, here's something for you to watch this year as Kiwaskum is wrestling. In their duels, I think they're going to win at least eight matches, right? They could, they could go eight, six. They're going to win a lot of duels, eight matches, and they're going to get a lot of pins on those. Right. They're going to they're going to come walking out going, oh, yeah, we have 48 points right there. Boom. Matches over. Right. I, I think they're that strong of a team. Obviously, going against Camel Sports, a different uh, different entity. Right. They're a, they're a strong program. The Camel Sport, let's go. Let's go through their uh, tail of the tape, Teague. Ten, ten returners, six, which are seniors, which is big, Teague. You know, how I am on seniors. Right. Uh, four sectional guys returning one state qualifier. Eight 20 plus win guys to Kiwaskum. Let me go there. Obviously, 13 starters returning, seven sectional qualifiers. That three state place winners is huge, right? It's it's the but matches aren't won by your studs, Teague. We talk about this all the time. Camel Sports got a pretty solid lineup through and through. They have 200, 200, they got 200 guys, 500 better. They have two guys that are 500 better. Last year, Kiwaskum had five guys. I'm sorry, 500 or below. Teague, you gotta, mm-hmm. you're supposed to correct me when I go that wrong. Two guys at 500 or below did K- uh, Kiwaskum. I'm sorry, Campbellsport. Gosh, you guys, can we call one of them like Smithville or something like that? This <laughs> cut, cut is killing me. <laughs> I apologize. Campbellsport has two wrestlers that were 500 or below. I'm going to start using hand signals so that I can tell myself. Kiwaskum had five wrestlers. That were five hundred or below. I T. This one is too close to call. It really you're talking about it. It could not come down to a coin flip, or let's just have a fifth fight in the center of the mat. Let's put all fourteen guys and just have a battle royal and see who comes out of it. Because really, uh, T. Which coach did we have on where he talked about? He kept bringing up that man. We're going to go out and have a fifth fight. Remember which coach was that this year? Everything oh. was a fifth fight. Oh gosh, it it was something. Oh, Shy Octon, right? Oh yeah, Shy. Yeah, he was a good. He was a good dude. He kept talking about everything was a fist fight. Well, these two schools I know live pretty close to each other. Don't like each other very much. Hopefully, a fist fight doesn't break out. If it does, I didn't call it. I, T, I, I just think the the it, oh, gosh, so hard to pick. I, I I think because more depth. There, I use that D word that's going to come back to haunt me. Right. More de- depth up and down through Camel Sports lineup is going to vault them to the barn in March for uh, to, for a trip for for a team state title. So I'm going Campbell Sport over 
Kiwaskum. I almost said Kiwani because I wrote down K-E-W. Oh. But, uh, Campbell Sport <laughs> over Kiwaskum. We had enough trouble with the two teams. If we threw yeah, no teams. kidding, man. We're, we're going with Smithville from now on. So <laughs> I don't know which one's Smithville, but one of you guys are. But, yeah, I like I said, uh, you know, it's very tough to pick a winner on it, but I'm going, uh, I'm going Campbell Sport. So, Coach, you know, I love that you made regional predictions. We always love when coaches make their predictions. But uh, you can just uh, give an analysis here of that team sectional battle and what it's going to look like, and then we can all wrap up here. Yeah, no, um, you know, I think uh, four teams that are going to be in that sectional. They're going to be two really or two really good duels to start the night. Um, but I do see us and Kewaskum in that final. Um, yeah, and it, and I've drilled into my kids' brains over the years the importance of bonus points and not giving up bonus points. And uh, I think, uh, you know, these kids have – I've had a lot of kids on my team that, you know, they've they've had ice in their veins at the right times, um, but they've also witnessed and fell short of a lot of goals. And you got six seniors leading the way, um, pretty, pretty dang motivated. Um, we stay healthy. I don't see why we're not wrestling March 2nd in, in the barn. Nice. That's good. See? When you when you said us and Ka, if you said us and Campbellsport there, I would have lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can just all agree, guys. I mean, I could very well see this. I think the most likely scenario might be a 7-7 duel, and it just comes down sure. to bonus points. It's uh-huh. 100%. 100%. It's definitely uh, both in terms of making picks and just how the duel shakes out. It's it's a coin flip for sure. But yeah, guys, how, it's going to be a fun one. And it, yeah, I'm just going to say, let me just add here. I mean, how how cool would it be, Teague, if it comes down to the lab? I mean, I always say heavyweight, but you know what I mean by that. Whatever the last match is, <laughs> you know, I, I just those matches are what wrestling is all about. When it comes down to a, a team state trip on the line. For both teams, Kiwaskin would be their first time. Camel Sport, yeah, you said it'd been there a couple times, but a long time, right? And uh, I just think of coming down to the last weight class and just hearing that gym and, and the the roar would be would be awesome. Be pretty sweet. One hundred percent. And Steve, I love the sexual analysis. I think that's going to be one of the first things I go back and listen to on. I I thought you got your wires crossed there for a second, but the yeah. recovery was was top. <laughs> you know, at my age, things like that kind of happen a little bit. <laughs> oh, good stuff, guys. Uh, Alex, I just got to say thank you for coming on and. When we do D2, D3, we're talking 26 to 28 teams. And the fact that you had something solid for every team was just awesome. And it, it was a long time coming. There's people that you talk to off air where they might come on and the quote unquote bright lights of a show get to them. But you nailed it, man. You did awesome. And we're so glad that we finally got to get you on the show. We, we appreciate you for all the support the last few years. And you know, best of luck to you and your team this year. Yeah, no, thanks guys for the invite, but you know, more importantly, thanks for what you do for the sport. Um, you guys are doing more for this sport than you guys think you are. So appreciate what you guys are doing. Steve-O. Yeah, you know, yeah I'll just close up, Alex. I, I'm impressed by you, bud. Cause it's, I, I literally, I would be, um, you know, going to a Campbell, I talked about it already. Campbell sports got a great history and you going in there and I like 
I like what you, I like your confidence. I like uh, that you have a vision for the program, but I like the fact that you said, Hey, I plan on being the wrestling coach. I, you know, they got a, they got a history of coaches being there for a long time. And your goal is, man, I plan on being here for the next 30 years plus, uh, you know, it, and taking it into wherever. So that's a long-term vision, man. That's a, that's a key thing that a lot of people don't have anymore. Yep. And folks, that is it for our division two coverage. Pretty soon the previews will be just whispers in the wind. Cause in five days, wrestling starts and 28 teams from the Southeast corner of the state are going to fight to determine who becomes that eighth team in eight years to make it to state out of that Southeast corner. You know, it's going to be a fun one. We got a couple more previews yet to go. Still, we got tomorrow. Jim Adolphin of Kenosha Christian Life comes on for D3 sectional D. He's wrapping up the boys preview season. We got a freshman preview with Eric Vold and Corey Scanlon on Sunday evening. And then we have Miss Nasa Bianchi on, Mrs. I believe, Nasa Bianchi on next Wednesday for the girls season preview. That's going to be a jam packed as well. Wrestling starts in five days, folks, but until next time, We will catch you on the flip side.